but I've got a story for you about the realities of the house that I grew up in. So in the house that I grew up in, there were two realities, religion and science, and both were important. The Irish language and Irish history were realities too, but they were just taken for granted. They didn't need to be spoken about. And to add to the realities of religion and science, there were what we called standards. And here were the standards. Don't be late. Never fail an exam. Don't talk back. Do your homework. Never fail an exam. Even in a stupid subject, loosely categorized as the humanities. <laughs> Don't ever swear. Never fail an exam. The world can be saved by a sensible inside pocket. Never fail an exam. Don't have notions. Always buy clothes that are too big so you can take up a hem or let one down. Never fail an exam. So there were six children, a cold house, a house where you could see your breath on days when you were doing your homework or studying for the exams that you weren't going to fail. There wasn't much money, and we never had a car that worked. I think Dad spent every Saturday of my childhood fixing the car that we had. And during my last year's school, it was the winter exams of 1992, I was studying in the hope of getting into medicine at university. And that, in my parents' idea, was a sensible thing to aim for. Religious as they were, they were never the kind of religious that denied science. In, our, in fact, our home, next to religion, science is a religion, especially physics, because biology is a little bit too subjective, apparently. <laughs> If, in our family, you're able to make a physics-based joke, you are the number one daughter or son. I have never in my life made a physics-based joke, <laughs> apart from this one. I hated physics. And for a number of years, I got roughly 97, 98, and 99% in my physics exams because I had an eejit of a teacher who repeated exams from two years beforehand. <laughs> and I had an older brother and an older sister who had kept their exam papers. I memorized all the answers, and Mr. Gargan would say to me, here is another Otuma in the household. Because my older brothers and sisters didn't need to cheat on physics exams, they had made sense to them. One time he wrote on my report card, clearly Podrig has the same genes as his other siblings. His natural talent at physics shines. <laughs> in the fateful winter of 1992, three things happened in the space of three days. On the Wednesday, I got the news that I had failed my physics exam because Mr. Gargan had come up with a new test, the first new test in eight years. Everybody was surprised at my downfall, except me, because I um, knew I wanted to study etymology, and I knew that I loved poetry, and I wished that religion was an exam subject, but I didn't know what to say. On Wednesday, I got the news that I'd failed the exam, and then I began to think... I have to wait for the right time to share the news that I failed the exam. Because time, in addition to being a question to do with metaphysical speculation about physics, was also a question of basic survival in our house. When do you tell the bad news? Um, if you, uh, in my family, if you appeared to be in the lap of luxury, utterly not sedent sedentary and non-participatory in the household jobs, you might ask for a shower and be met with bewilderment in my family because my father would say something like, do you have any idea how much electricity costs? And then followed by, do you think we can just turn on the shower anytime, the immersion anytime we want? And my personal favorite was once at the age of 16, I asked for permission to have a shower. And my father said, a shower? Why? 
have you been sweating? So I knew that the question about asking about a shower required good timing, and certainly the declaration that I'd failed a physics exam was going to ask requires serious timing. And then, on the same day that I thought tonight I might share the news, my brother came home from college. He was studying physics in college and did very well. And he came into the, my bedroom and said, um, there's some news. And I was like, oh God, what's the news? And I said, before you tell me your news, I'm going to tell you my news. And I said, I just got 36% in my physics exam. And he said, Jesus, you'll never live. And I said, what's your news? And he goes, oh, we got a new car. I was like, oh, a new car? He went, no, no, of course not, a different car. And I said, all right, what kind of a car is it? And he said, it's a Lada. And I don't know, um, I don't know if you know what a Lada was or the jokes about the Ladas were in the 1990s. You know, the jokes were, you know, how do you make sure to keep your hands warm? You buy a Lada because you'll be pushing it everywhere, for instance. And Irish childhoods that were, were filled with good sense and plenty of spuds, but very little talk about human dignity. And um, there was a deep sense of human indignity in a family who had purchased a ladder. Um, they were cheap cars, apparently, although now I'm sure they were probably grand. And my guess is that it was a mixture of snobbery and racism that led to the disgust about the ladders. But I had failed my exam, and I now lived in a family that had a ladder. And the human dignity that I didn't know I ever had was definitely gone. And so I went up to my father and said, um, I hear we have a new car during the break in the news, in the nine o'clock news, because I thought well, there's only three minutes. So that's all the fury can last. I said, I hear we have a new car. A grand car? Absolutely grand, Dad said. It's a ladder, I said. And he goes, do you have any idea how much cars cost? And the conversation went in the predictable way. And then I slipped in very casually that I wasn't doing very well in physics. And I'd actually failed the exam. And the conversation got much worse. Much later on, Dad didn't even watch the second part of the news. Once, and I had to ask for permission to go back to my room. I could hear the tones of my parents discussing that they had a child who might actually need to only do an arts degree at college. <laughs> my dad was ranting at everybody. Both my parents had left school at 13, and they were absolutely convinced that their children would go to college and study something sensible, physics, anything that would get you a job. And so my mother was um, doing some mending, and my father was ranting about how he could have a child who was so incompetent at physics and mathematics like me. And mom was cutting hems off things and throwing them away. Dad was ranting and getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and... Uh, the next day, I was back at home still, still in trouble, still keeping out of the way. My mother had gone out to a prayer group, and Dad was doing his reading. Until then, suddenly, my dad was at the door, my door, furious. And I thought, oh, God, it's going to continue. And he said to me, up to the fire room, where there's a fireplace, which was late about three times every winter. Um, and uh, he called my brother up to the fire room, too, in front of the fire. And cold fury from my father is worse than loud fury. And dad pointed to the fireplace, which hadn't been lit in a month or two. And there were some long, oblong hems that my mother had cut off a fawn dress. And he said, this is a respectable family. I was like, what? 
He said, this is a very respectable family. This is a respectable house with standards. It's like, okay. And dad was pale and shaking with fury. And I thought, has this got something to do with me failing physics? But it was worse than that. Dad said, whose are those? I was like, what? He goes, I'm leaving the room. And when I come back in, if one of you doesn't tell the truth, by God, there's trouble. And my dad left the room. And my brother, who clearly had been holding in all his laughter, began to laugh because he pointed to the two fawn-colored, rough hemp strips of fabric on the unlit fire and said, Dad thinks they're condoms. <laughs> and he was absolutely correct. My father thought that you can get fabric condoms. <laughs> and he walked back in. And I, for the first time since I'd failed my physics exam, began to, began to see that there could be another reality before me. And Dad said, well? And I spoke up and I said, those are two pieces of hem from a fawn fabric jacket that Mum took the hem up on the other night because she's been making inside pockets for all of us. <laughs> Dad got paler and my brother was trying to hold in his laughter. And I thought, fuck it. And I said to Dad, what did you think they are? And he said, this is a respectable home. <laughs> there we are. Our next story comes from Mags McClory. <laughs> If you ever meet my father, you're not allowed to tell him that. <laughs> I think he has blocked it out. 